Hello and welcome to the Season 2 premiere of Exarchan vs. the Paranormal. This is your bearded bearer of paranormal ponderings, legends, experiences, and news, Exarchan. I'm excited to get back to the spooky stuff with all of you in this new format. We've got an interesting topic to kick things off with, but first, let's see who will be joining us for today's Supernatural Symposium. Hey, this is Blonde Solo. Uh, I've been interested in the paranormal for about as long as I can remember, particularly in cryptids and other little creepy crawlies, things that go bump in the night. I'm a little bit new to the investigation game, but I'm excited to see where all of this goes. Hi, this is Wicked, Wicked Tricks, Joe. I'm an investigator of paranormal. I've been into the paranormal since I was about seven years old, so it's been quite some time, and I'm here to discuss the topic of the day. Awesome. Well, thanks for uh, joining me today. I really appreciate it, you guys. Uh, also, uh, in the realm of paranormal news, before we get to the topic, uh, CryptidCon 4 has been confirmed. It's running from November 20th to the 21st, so two days at the Clarion Conference Center up in North Lexington, Kentucky. I don't know if Lancelot and I will be able to make it up there, but if we do, we'll definitely let people know because that sounds like a whole lot of fun. I think I saw Dr. Bobo from the Finding Bigfoot maybe either was involved or will be involved. I'll have to look again. I know... Uh... <laughs> I know Lancel and I are a fan, so but it should uh, should have a lot of stuff going on. Could be a lot of fun. So yeah, maybe we get you down there, Wicked, if we do get up there for that. Yeah, yeah, sure. All right, That's so not too far for me. <laughs> no, it's not too far. Definitely closer to you than it is to us. <laughs> so yeah, our topic today it's more of a concept. It's actually really really interesting. It's tulpa. Uh, a tulpa is an object or an entity that's created through force of will or belief. It originally had Buddhist origin, where it's not quite so cut and dry. It's more like, you know, three parts of a spirit. There's a lot of metaphysical stuff that goes into that particular concept. But where it ties into modern Western paranormal stuff is the idea of if there's enough of belief in a thing, it makes it a real thing. It's been popularized by like X-Files had some stuff about Tulpa. Supernatural had some stuff about Tulpa. But where it really has blown up are places like 4chan and Reddit, actually, where people specifically try to bring an entity into reality, into existence, by getting enough people to talk about it to think about it. There's actually a little section of My Little Pony fans who are trying to make tulpas out of My Little Pony characters, which is interesting, we'll say. But also, there's people who try to make even, like, imaginary friends and stuff like that. And they call themselves tulpamancers, actually. So that's, that's interesting. Where I want us to talk about today, though, is a section of of Tulpa, where I think a lot of modern urban legends slash cryptids could be Tulpa. Stuff that isn't an old legend or anything. It isn't like, oh, that's Bigfoot or that's something established as the Jersey Devil or whatever. But newer things that don't seem to have a history that are just kind of appearing. And the one I'm going to talk about is the Fresno Nightcrawlers. 
I saw stuff about the Fresno Nightcrawlers on Paranormal Con on camera, and I saw them and they weirded me the F out. So the Nightcrawlers, they're basically all legs. Imagine an all-white creature that was legs all the way up, and where their torso is, it's just their hips and a faceless head, and they walk all exaggerated and almost like almost crawly obviously the night crawlers but they've only been seen or at least reported uh as you know like 2007 2010 is when they first came into the, the bigger public eye factor or faked paranormal files did a thing on them but the reason i think like these these kind of things they don't have a history. There's people who said that a local Native American tribe had said that they were these spirits that they've known about forever, but that's been completely debunked. So it's one of those, was this originally faked? And now since everybody believes in it, or there's been enough talk about it, are there now new sightings? Because there have been new sightings now, new recordings. Now, does it actually exist? And we're actually seeing this creature that's been birthed by by thought, will, or belief, or is it all still fate? Have you guys heard about these things? Not the one in particular you're talking about, but not until I heard you discuss it. But I have definitely heard of some other ones that have been have a similar backstory to them. Yeah, I've seen uh, you know, the same the show that you were talking about with the paranormal caught on tape with that footage, and it was. It was a little compelling and definitely very creepy, but honestly, like, it's kind of the first time I've ever heard about them. Like, they're not, they don't have the same legend uh, build up around them. It's just, you know, more of this, like, digital folklore that's become more and more popular since, you know, probably around, like, 2007 to 2009. What I'm finding interesting is usually there hasn't been widespread reports of this, this cryptid outside of Southern California, but more recently... There's actually been a few popping up in places as as exotic to that as as Poland. There's a lot of people saying that these are, you know, probably faked. They don't know. They don't know any more than any of the other videos if they're faked or not. But they're wondering, you know, since it's so far away, is it faked? But I say, since it's so far away, is this an example of it coming into being because of this concept of tulpa? So fake as in like doesn't exist in our reality because then you you get off on this tangent of if enough people see something you know is it in the physical space is it in the metaphysical space dimensional space like there's a lot of hard questions there but i think the more people that talk about something the realer it becomes so that plays into tulpa like you know you get enough energy behind a certain thing kind of like will it into existence so you think it's possible that that's what it is that maybe this was originally faked but now that there's enough energy behind the idea of it now these new sightings are potentially a thought given form maybe and that's what they're getting you think that's possible then it could definitely be something along that lines of, you know, basically like manifesting pure energy into an actual, you know, being. <laughs> as weird as that sounds, 
or it could have been one of those on the downloads where it's the you know the, the creature the cryptid or whatever has always existed but not in our dimension and somehow slipped in between dimensions and we started picking it up like it's all kinds of different places you could go with that but i just think it's intriguing that it starts in western united states and then all of a sudden a year or two later people start seeing it you know halfway across the world there there's got to be something to that right yeah the the videos from poland that's the that's the big one of where it's outside of southern california that's interesting to me what do you think Ponsola? i agree with wicked with the whole you know i think it's there is a possibility that this is something that has existed for a long time and that we're only just now seeing it in this reality or it's only just now choosing to be perceived for whatever reason uh, some of the video that I've seen, it looked, I mean, because it looked like old camera footage, like, you know, security cam footage. So to me, I feel like that's some of that's a little hard to, I don't know how hard it is to fake with, um, and, and it still be clear kind of what it was. It seems like it would be, some of the fakes seem a little more obvious. Um, but I, I think it is possible that this is something that's that's always been there. Um, for it to be seen like suddenly in different regions, um, I don't know, uh, because you know people kind of like it's it's like you know you always hear the thing of when people are looking for something, like when they're actually out there physically trying to look for something, that's when you get a little suspicious if they find it because they're they're intentionally looking for it, they're they're trying to find something, things that uh, might be made to seem as more than what they are in order to. To achieve that goal, it's kind of like the staying in the paranormal world. Like when you like you see people, they kind of get in a certain mindset before they go on an investigation. And if you you sit back right and you watch the different investigators doing investigations, you can kind of pick out the people that kind of get it in their head, so to speak. So I think it plays along with you know I don't want to say mass hysteria. But people definitely stop their subjective look. They don't try to keep it, you know, neutral, which is what you need to do. And I think a lot of times, and a strange thing about all these uh, security footages that we get, right? They're all basically the same, whether that's intentional or not intentional. Like, it's always just like a, a fleeting image or a shadow or just like a, you know, just barely just something you could kind of discern as something but at that point you're like you know humans are prone to see faces right we're yeah, matrixing built into our dna and i think it, some of that definitely plays into that yeah for some things for sure a lot of footage is very ambiguous and we try to fill in the blanks especially if we're looking for something like it's not it's not even intentional a lot of the time it's definitely not malicious but if you are looking for something, you're more likely to find it, whether it's there or not. And, you know, that might be the case for the original video. That might be the case. We might be seeing stuff that's not there, but that's the cool thing about Tulpa. It doesn't matter if it was real or not. If Tulpas are that exist, all that matters is that enough people believe or the person believing has a strong enough belief in or a will towards that end, and then maybe it's real. 
Very cool concept, I think. But yeah, Nightcrawlers, real creepy looking things. If they are real, um, I'd love to know and I'd love to see from afar. Nowhere near. <laughs> but Way I'd like afar. To... <laughs> right. <laughs> but like uh, stayed away or something. Right. <laughs> Just give me a good foot. Like somebody use a good camera and, and, and record it for me and, and I'll be happy. That's like some of these videos, you know, like we all have like just some extraordinarily powerful cameras at our disposal. Like it almost everybody has a cell phone now with a good camera. And it's like, like why is this all on like on grainy, you know, like 1985 security cam footage? <laughs> you got to get a, a rich benefactor to help the paranormal investigation community. There you go. Right. All right. I always so, thought, you know, good. I was saying, that's uh that's it for nightcrawlers. What were we gonna say? I was gonna say like with the just one little thought on the the whole, you know, capturing of cryptid cryptids via cell phone. It's like I've seen a lot of cell phone footage, and it's like it's consistently sketchy. <laughs> like, like Blanc was saying, like why isn't there like some kind of definitive? somebody be able to hold their camera still not go you know hold it up and down go panoramic like it's just one of those things i think honestly like a lot of stuff that we've been looking at are a few years old now and technology's better now but it was still like if if the room was a little dark even like uh a samsung what six or whatever the camera's a great camera but if it gets a little bit dark it's get pixelated and if you don't adjust your settings accordingly and all these things are caught like quickly in a moment so like i understand some of it but i hope seeing things like recorded more recently that we start to see more detail like we actually get a camera shot from a quality camera and i think that i expect it i don't hope for it i expect it and i'll be dubious if i don't start getting it <laughs> And I do understand a little bit, too, of, like, why it's not as possible to, you know, like, record in high depth all the time, because it becomes a space issue. Uh, you know, if people, you know, you can't record in, like, you know, 12 megapixel video or whatever, you know, like, you can't do that for hours and hours without taking up a considerable amount of space. So, and I, and I also understand, you know, with, like, some of the, the jittery footage, because... You know, I talk big talk right now about, you know, <laughs> like standing there and holding a camera, you know, to zoom in on something. But honestly, in a lot of these situations, some of these people seem to be being approached by something. And in that moment, I can't say that I wouldn't want to fucking beat feet, too. So I, I get that. Yeah, if I had a nightcrawler coming at me, I'd beat feet. Like, I, no, no cap, as the kids say. I'm out. Like, so yeah, there is that to consider. But our next cryptid that we think could potentially be a tulpa, for reasons that will be explained, Lon Solo is taken care of. What what cryptid is that? So I don't know if I'd classify him completely as as a cryptid. I, I don't think he's that cool. But um, I I do want to talk about the Slender Man. So the Slender Man, um, we know he originated online in like two thousand nine. It was like one of those creepy pasta internet memes where, you know, like he was a Photoshop and he came up, uh, it was like a Photoshop contest for something creepy. And, you know, somebody came up with this idea, this thin, unnaturally tall guy with like a featureless head and face that was wearing a black suit. 
and um, they build up a little bit of lore about him, you know, with like stalking and abducting or traumatizing people, uh, especially kids. Um, and that started to get like a lot of traction. People like it went, I mean, for like 2009, it went viral. People really like grabbed onto this. Like people uh, started building up again, like all this digital folklore and uh, all these, you know, rumors about Slenderman and like just building these stories and building the myth. And it it really seemed to be like a lot of people kind of dedicated to this. Like they started adding him into video games. They started adding him into like they started making movies about Slenderman and. One of the things that uh, that happened, I guess a little more recently, it's been, I want to say like six or seven years ago that it happened, is that um, some people believed in Slenderman so strongly. It was actually a couple of uh, young, like, teenage girls, or I think they were like maybe 12, so preteens, kind of on behalf of the Slenderman. These two girls lured their best friend into the woods and they stabbed her 19 times because they wanted to become proxies of the slender. And if <laughs> so, it's it is there has been so much intense belief surrounding this entity that I think he was definitely like a, a candidate for for a tulpa. Yeah, that's intense energy. That's way more intense than any energy for the Fresno Nightcrawler or what have you. That's some serious shit right there. Yeah, stabbing people. Come on. No, seems, I've had... That seems kind of like, you know, I don't want to say demons, but it seems something that would draw that kind of dark energy would be quite significant to get somebody to kill somebody else. Yeah. Uh, I've never had any kind of experiences with Slenderman. Uh, I would not like to. This is one of those cryptids where I would definitely prefer they weren't real. Um, if you can even call it a cryptid, like Juan Solo said, uh, they're not invited to the cryptid lunch table, but they're not cool enough. But I just, it's hard to imagine if Tulpas are real, if that's a thing that can happen, then that seems like an obvious candidate to be a Tulpa. Because there's nothing about Slenderman before it became this internet sensation. It literally was invented on the internet. Right. And and I think one of the things that maybe um, have maybe stopped it from becoming more of a Tulpa is that uh, a lot of the mythology surrounding Slenderman uh, as far as, you know, like, uh, there being an official canon uh, for what the Slender Man's motivations and everything are, or his habits or abilities, is that it changes a lot depending on the storyteller. So there's not really anything uh, much fixed except for, you know, the uh, his height, uh, him being very tall, very thin. Uh, some people say he has long arms. Some people say that he has tentacles or tentacle-like arms. But the, the overall thing about his appearance is, you know, just the tall, thin, in a suit, and it being very intimidating. Um, and actually, uh, after, like, speaking of some of the mythology changing, uh, a little bit after, like, this happened with these girls, where they, um, 
that they had stabbed their friend, which their friend survived, by the way. That little girl survived. And the two girls um, that that tried to kill her, um, one was sentenced, I think, to 40 years. One was sentenced to 25 years. And they were tried as adults because of the nature of the crime. But some of the the story around Slender Man started to change a little bit after that. And uh, it started to be where Slenderman uh, started to be almost a, like, a dark protector of children. Like, they even, like, some of the mythology evolved for him to have, like, a, um, like a daughter or, like, a, a small child that was with him, a small uh, girl child that was with him, um, that was, you know, she looks, she looks bruised and beat up, and he is, like, a a defender of, of children that are, that are harmed. So I guess a, a better development, but for a while, like, uh, people were doing very awful things in order to kind of appease or earn the favor of, of Slender Man. So do you think perhaps that all that, so all that energy may have created Slender Man and, he started appearing legitimately in photographs and what have you. Do you think that change in the flow of the energy could then uncreate Slender Man? I think uh, maybe not uncreate, but at least change the purpose. Because um, from what I from what I understand about some of the things with tulpas when they're created is that uh, they also kind of have like with whatever the you know, quote-unquote, Tulpamancer has in mind for their motivations, that they kind of act on those motivations. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's uh, mutable. I mean, like, kind of once the idea is set, if those can be changed, um, if it can evolve on its own. So, uh, you know, I'm I'm not sure. It's very, it's very interesting to think about. There's a lot of different trains of thoughts that go into that, like, Perception, you know, is it its own like being, or is it in the mind of the person who created it? Like a projection. Yeah. Kind of like some kind of, um, for the lack of better words, a type of magical spell where you're like controlling the genie in the bottle, so to speak. Could be something along that lines, which is. Extremely scary, by the way. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's like once a tulpa's created, like does it does it have the ability to self realize, you know, and 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 then kind of grow and adjust and adapt from there? Does it have its own agency? Well, in this case, let's definitely hope not. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Right. All right. So that was Slender Man, creepy, murdery Slender Man. Next, though, we have Wicked's possible Tulpa cryptid. What do you got for us? I'm going to talk about the rake, and the more I researched about it, uh, the more I think maybe it's more of a cryptid than a Tulpa. Well, that's but interesting. We'll discuss it. Uh, the, the current internet description is, is the, of the rake is called the hairless dog. Some people call it the naked man. 
but it gets name from its claws. Uh, most of the reports about the rake, he has long sloth like If you've seen a picture of a sloth's claws, you know, they're really long and crescent. Um, it's pretty disturbing. There's some pretty interesting videos, again, greeny videos, but there's some, you know, compelling videos of this this creature out there that I've seen. Um, but when it comes to like tulpas, like there, this, the, the rake has a little bit of history behind him. Uh, the first, from what I've seen, the research that I've done, the first mention of the creature is in 1691. Wow. And that was by a mariner's log. And uh, it basically said that the rake took everything and demanded that his crew, which had landed in the New World, which was, uh, according to the log, somewhere in um, Southern America, to leave and never return. And that he had not said anything, that it was mental projection, you know, like um, talking into their heads where no, there was no actual voice being made. Right, telepathy. And then... Telepathy. And then another one was about 200 years later in 1888, which is another one where a ship was lost at sea. And there was uh, the logbook was found years later. And it referenced that there was the terror of the rake that they had. And in his log, he had experienced the greatest terror ever. And he couldn't close his eyes. His eyes were black and hollow. And, that, and then that was the end of the <laughs> the log. Um, but besides that older stuff referring to this creature, uh, it kind of came really popular. And about 2003, there was quite a few um, really big time—I wouldn't say big time, but very popular creepy pastas that came out about the rake. And they were just fictional stories about this creature. You know, anybody that's ever read anything on creepy pasta, you know, not—it's fiction, right? And from there, <clears throat> like you guys are saying with Talpa, like it just blew up. Like there started to be sightings all over northeastern United States from like New York, uh, Iowa. There was two or three that were in northern Ohio. Like I've I've I found about twelve different sightings in the last. 12 years so it's average about one sighting a year i guess uh there's a whole reddit dedicated to this creature um there's a lot going on here like you read the fictional stories and then you look at the sightings and i would thought you know logically thinking i thought they would have lined up like people were just manifesting the story right they were telling the campfire story and people were passing it on, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. However, it's just not the case. Um, for the most part, with the rake in its current iteration, its tulpa or whatever, it doesn't seem to be evil. It's kind of like an entity that goes around watching people like a watcher right like okay. only the very old old stories well actually some of the very old stories don't even involve him hurting anybody 
he's thought of more of a a watcher and a lot of times he's been referenced in some of these stories that I've read that he likes to steal things. So what are your thoughts on that? I think it's interesting that your first examples of him in history, like 1600s and then what, 1800s, it was mm -hmm. all like maritime, right? Like it was involved. Yeah, all, ships. it was all seafaring, yep. Yep. And everything that I've heard personally of recent stuff, the, the internet viral version of the rake, they don't have anything to do with it. So, so it makes me wonder if somebody heard these stories about the rake and they could have just been stories, could have been a thing, but could have just been stories. And now, since they started talking about it and brought it into, into the light, so to speak, now this new version of the rake that might not have anything to do with the old one, except for the idea is now the Tulpa that we might be experiencing and seeing. Yeah, basically like a completely different entity in itself. Just yeah. the same name. Could be something completely different. Potentially. Because I've seen uh, uh, videos, uh, the supposed rake videos, uh, and it's, it seems violent. Like it's charging cameras and stuff. Uh, but, yeah. I think it's possible it could be the same creature if it's more of a watcher and like not maybe as as aggressive as like the you know now like in more modern times than it was you know in uh, like those earlier stories that you were mentioning like the 1600s. I think it's possible that it could be being pushed back more into the wilderness into more wooded or you know like mountainous areas because the coastline typically gets developed very quickly. Uh, you know, with people moving in every, and everything because of trade and, uh, you know, being on the water. So I wonder if it could be the same entity that's just been kind of displaced by an influx of people. That's an interesting insight. Yeah, that's, you know, that's how this stuff works, right, with, with wildlife and stuff. It either gets pushed out or it's sitting in the middle of your town like, a, you know, a bunch of squirrels and deer and stuff. Um, yeah, most of the the stories that I've read are pretty rural, like on the edge of civilization kind of things too. So that might play into what Blonde is saying. So it's possible. Now, something interesting with that theory, though, is it seems it seems like okay, so they're coastal or aquatic in some way, and then nothing. And then suddenly more stuff. So it's like, did they immediately go, okay, they're going to build this place up, we're out, or is it the, the Tulpa idea? That's not something I think we can actually know, not something we can prove, but something to, to consider. Because usually yeah. it's a gradual thing, right, when stuff starts right. leaving. But maybe it just wasn't reported. You know, we, we can't know what wasn't, if it wasn't reported, we'll never know. You know, yeah, right. Have either of you ever, yeah, have you guys ever met a Tulpomancer? No, well, nobody that has has said to me that they're a Tulpomancer. That might be something I research for the future because that's kind of when you guys mentioned that, I'm like, 
Oh. Okay. It's supposed to be something you can accomplish through various magics or uh, meditation. Uh, but that goes a lot into the Buddhism side of it, and I'm not incredibly well versed in how to do that, like in that kind of thing. But it's supposed to. It's something that that anybody could possibly achieve, at least in theory. It's not my paradigm, so I'd have a hard time. I think kind of grasping those techniques in that way. That's not to say I couldn't find contact, I suppose. But it'd be really interesting to try to. Try to create a Tolma. There's, mm. I mean, you might you might need to Jurassic Park it. You might need to stop and ask yourself if you should. Not necessarily if you could. <laughs> right. But, Pandora's uh, box, so to speak. Right. But it's definitely interesting. What do you think about making your own Tolma solo? I agree with the Jurassic Park mentality there with the whole, <laughs> like, uh, uh, should you versus could you? Um, I believe that uh, people with with sufficient willpower have the ability to achieve a great many things, um, but I don't know that I would want uh, all of those people to attempt to make a tulpa. Uh, anything more about the rake? Uh, the thing that I was going to add is about like with not hearing many stories about about the rake uh, within a certain uh, period of time. It's just how with how insular communities can get. Um, people, you know, they have like certain stories and they lock it down it's really a more recent kind of thing trend uh for people to kind of be out and loud about stuff going on in their household and their community um, i mean really within the past you know like let's say 50 years or so um for people to say this is happening this is a problem like i'm gonna tell the whole world everybody that will listen about it so that way people know what's going on because before people would really kind of lock it down, and and unless you were part of that community, you had no idea what was going. On. Yeah, it's I've true. heard a, a few people talk about uh, the increase in UFOs and UAPs and Bigfoot sightings, and some people contribute it to it being um, less socially looked down upon. So people are more willing to share their experiences, and I think that could play into that as well. Exactly. Yeah. It, now, was, it was a little bit of a there was a little bit of a stigma around being, you know, like imagine, um, like the the injured cold stories and everything like that with with those the people that had those experiences. A lot of them were kind of looked down upon, like they were considered, you know, kind ostracized. Of a bit of an even. Yeah, they were ostracized. <laughs> Yeah. They looked at as outsiders within their own communities because they opened their mouth and said something. Hashtag in cold lips. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're you're right. However, we do still there, there's at least some of those stories that do pass on through the generations because we've we've heard about stuff from communities hundreds of years ago that you know the loop guru and and. France and stuff like that. Wendigo and all right. that. Yeah. But I, I, I guess a thing can be like there, there's exceptions everywhere. So maybe that's what that is. We those things that we have heard about are the exception, and in general, those things, you know, have faded with those communities or are still kept under wraps by those communities. That's, you know, it's definitely. Do you think that it could play into the fact that like some people think that. As long as something is talked about and it stays in the, the, the current 
human consciousness like could that play into like humanity like worldwide you know people say that the only way to just make something go away is not talk about it so you had these really old accounts of this break right and nobody talked about it for a hundred years then all of a sudden somebody makes a story on creepy pasta about it and it, it brings it back into the consciousness kind of thing too i don't know how much that plays into tulpa but that might be you know, the that's catalyst, another uh... another angle at it i guess I, I like that idea because i mean yeah that that resonates with me on like a, a spiritual level as well which is that which is remembered lives so as long as something's talked about as long as something's remembered it will live on absolutely and how much of human history was all of our history recorded orally? Like, you know, it's a big right. thing in human history. I, I forget the figures, but that, that concept was brought up on something that I was watching not long ago when they were talking about how long have we had recorded history? And then how long was there human culture before that? And it's way more than we have recorded history. Um, yeah, it's staggering. Actually, it's <laughs> insane. Like, so, man, to get some of that information, some of that knowledge and wisdom, uh, or just you know, just to know what happened, it's just that would be amazing and probably terrifying. Um, yeah. So that was uh, that was tulpas and some examples of possible tulpas. I learned. A lot more about the concept, talking it out, than uh, than I did in researching it, and I like that. And I hope uh, everybody else did as well. Uh, before I close it up, do you guys have any final thoughts? Um, uh, one of my final thoughts is about the Slenderman. With that phenomenon in particular, is that wow, the power of the internet. <laughs> it's it's incredible. It is, yeah. Yeah, along the same lines, like the the whole information technologies things, like there's weird things about having that information at your tip of your fingertip, right? And then how you absorb that information, how you use that information, it's like a double-edged sword. It can be really good. It can also be really bad. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll that'll be it for Tulpa in the close to episode one of season two. I hope everybody enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. We will be releasing new episodes for season two uh, every other Friday. So definitely keep your eye out for that. Next episode, I can give you guys a little bit of a heads up. It's going to be the paranormal around the world. Myself and my guests will be talking about different paranormal stories, legends, cryptids, what have you, from various cultures not of our own, to kind of give uh, an idea of what else is out there. That's going to be interesting, so I hope you guys tune into that. Otherwise, if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you follow us, you stay up to date on all of our future episodes, and if you feel like supporting the podcast, there's a link down in the description. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, thank you, my wonderful guests. Thank you, listeners. I will talk to you next time. Bye.